Can you hear me? Can you see me? <laughs> All right, I have a little riddle for you. What is greater than God and more evil than the devil? The poor have it, the rich need it, and if you eat it, you will die. What's the answer? Nothing. Nothing is the answer. You see, we often are distracted by our overthinking and our worries in this world. But you see, if you're anchored on Christ, really, who can be against us like we, we sang tonight? Uh, so tonight, I'd like to give a message to you on the book of Hebrews. Our main text will be in Hebrews, chapter 6, verses 13 to 20. And I thank God because I was supposed to be working today in the Age Action Charity Shop in Camden Street from 11 to 7. But when pastor messaged me uh, if I could preach tonight, I told him I am not sure. But it so happened that the, one of my colleagues who was a son had to travel to Ukraine. So he had to bring him to the airport. And so God made his way. So I am 9 to 5 today, and my wife gladly collected me from the shop. So I'm here a little bit early, like 6.20. <laughs> All right, so God is really so good. So Hebrews chapter 6, verses 13 to 20. And I'll start reading from verse 13 of chapter 6 in Hebrews. The Word of God says, For when God made promise to Abram, because he could swear by the greater, he swear by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I, I, I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater an oath for confirmation, to them an end of all strife, whereas God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for the refuge to the hold upon to hold upon the hope we set before us. In verse 19, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and when and in which entereth into the into the within the well, whither so the forerunner is for for us entered, even Jesus made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. All right. Uh, the 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 hope that is mentioned here in the Bible is not the world that uh, the world has, you know, like because biblical hope must be optimistic. It is greatly from within, wordly, different from uh, worldly optimism because positive thinking is different from biblical hope. Biblical hope is anchored on two important things, certainty and truth. But worldly hope, worldly hope is just like the cheery attitude of optimism, you know, like, uh, are you well? Are you well? We keep on saying that, you know, are you well? Are you well? But when we say biblical hope, it's anchored on two important things, certainty and truth. And we have, when we have biblical hope, we can be sure that, you know, we can get 
over whatever is the problem or the issues in our life that we have now, right now. Romans 5.13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I do not know about you, but I believe that when I got saved, I couldn't really describe the feeling that I have, in, I mean, in terms of the peace of mind that I had. And that night, my brothers and sisters thought I was going cuckoo because I was just in bliss, you know, like, I cannot describe the feeling really, but I, I'm not telling you that the same experience would be to you. Like, I'm not saying I'm emotional, but I'm saying that the, the perfect peace that I felt in my heart when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ is something that I cannot really describe, but something I have not forgotten all my life. I was saved at the age of 30. I am turning 62 on August 29. And I, th- I, I praise and thank God that really, if I entrust anything, everything to Him, there's really nothing to worry about. And I am not here to tell you stories about my life, but uh, I've gone through a lot, but but uh, you know it's it's more important to talk about the Bible and not my life. So we'll just focus on the message that God has given to me. Uh, because I asked Pastor, uh, Pastor, would you like any particular message to be preached in Wednesday on Wednesday? And he said, whatever's in your heart. So I prayed to God. So the Lord gave me this message. Even in Sunday school last Sunday, I asked Pastor what, what message he might have me to preach. But he said, whatever's in your heart. So the Lord gave me that message last, last Sunday, which I hope you enjoyed. All right. Uh, we're talking about the anchor. If you work in a ship, you will be able to realize the, the power of an anchor. You see, uh, it's not, you know, it's not, uh, what you call this? It, it is not, you know, when a, when a ship is, is in, on, on, on the harbor or on, on dock, it also requires an anchor. It's not only during the stormy seas. So the ship, the anchor is there to protect not only during the storm, but also when we are docked on the ship. I worked in a ship before in America for one year, 2005 to 2006. And, you know, this mega structure is really something that you'd be amazed by, you know, by, by, the, by the intelligence that the Lord gave these people to build the ship. Did you know that in a mega ship, there could be as, as, as much as more than 6,000 passengers, 2,000 crew, no, with no less than 200 ships? And you can imagine the tons of food that comes into the ship. But with the anchor safely, uh, the ship is really safe. But during the storm, uh, you will realize that the anchor is really <laughs> all the more that important. If you happen to be in a ship and you are either a passenger, passenger or a crew, believe you me, you will be praying like you have never prayed before. Because <laughs> in my first week in the ship, there was a storm. <laughs> and really, it's like, <laughs> and everything was falling down, you know, like, and I didn't tell my family about it because... I don't want to, to worry, but uh, sometimes people who work in the ship, they only look after the money. Because the money in the ship, if you, especially if, you have, if you're in a high-level position like I, I did in, in Miami, I was training development manager. Uh, uh, 
when 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 and when I was getting seasick because of the storm, I was thinking of getting down in the next port and tell them I, I, I quit. But when I remember the salary, I got well. <laughs> because it really, it really gives you good money, but there is no life. We work 10 hours a day, no day off, Monday to Sunday. That's how you work in the ship. But you are paid well. But what is money without life? So I decided to join my wife in Ireland. And I, I thank God that from that time on... Um, in fact, even even all my life, I have never experienced what some experience, some people experience, like hunger. I've never experienced hunger. I'm not I'm not rich. My parents were the poorest of the poorest in the Philippines, but they work hard. They raised 14 children. They sent us all to school, and we have tele, by the way. We have electricity. I guarantee you that. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> there are three reasons why why our hope of salvation in Christ is certain, right? Number one, the first reason why our hope in Christ is certain is because God's promises have never failed any that trusted in Him. Nobody who ever really trusted God end up in, in frustration or, or sadness, you know. It's the reverse, actually. If you don't trust God, you will surely end up, you know, a loser and a failure in life. Uh, there have never been anyone, if you know anything in the Bible, anybody in the Bible, that, or any person who really trusted God, and then his life became miserable, bring, bring him to me, and I will probably uh, prove to him that maybe he's, he did not really trust God, because I have not seen any person who's really, who really trusted, trusted God whose life became miserable. Nobody. If you have anybody who, whom you can bring to me, we will try to probably disprove that he really trusted God. He probably did not trust God. Okay? So, Abraham, as we all know, is one of the best examples of one who trusted God. But we think Abraham was really like, it was easy that, you know, that he just followed. But, you know, to be uprooted from your, from your roots is not really that easy. And, and it was not like he, he, tra- he traveled to another country because God wanted him to be there. He didn't take the M50, you know, like he doesn't have all the luxuries that we have now. So it's, it's not, you know, it, because God is really utterly trustworthy. That's why if you really trust him and put everything to him, nothing can really go wrong. And the, the second reason is our hope of future salvation is, is certain because God's purpose is unchangeable. God's purpose is unchangeable. In Hebrews 7, 7, 24, referring to the Lord Jesus Christ, but this man, because he continued ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood. And in Hebrews thirteen eight, the word of God says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So our hope, should be anchored on the Lord Jesus Christ. Not because some people they have hope in their hopes. And some people they have faith in their faith. There's a difference between having faith in God and having faith in your faith. Do, do, you, do you get what I'm trying to say? Because some people they're just stuck to their faith and not faith in Jesus Christ. Do you see the difference? Your faith should be not in your faith, 
but your faith should be in Christ. Am I, am I making a point here? Hello? Because <laughs> I, I, I see faith is like, having faith in your faith is not the same as having faith in God. Do you, do you follow what I'm trying to say? Am I, am I making things clearer or is it's more, <laughs> it's more muddy? <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll, now, the third, the third reason is our hope of future salvation in Christ is sure because God is incapable of lying. God is incapable of lying. Titus 1-2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. God cannot lie. Unlike us, nobody here has, has ever, can, can, can claim that he has not, never ever told a lie. All of us told lies. Believe me, even those who are married, <laughs> you told lies. But we will not talk about it. We don't want to be in trouble. All right, Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man. God is not a man that he should be neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or be spoken and shall not make it good. And in verse 18 of the main text that we have this evening, the word of God says that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Now, did we, did we, did we sing, did we sing uh, something with Angkor tonight or not yet? Not yet, yeah? Anyway, there, there's a song uh, in, the, in, in our songbook that it talks about the Angkor. You know, when you are anchored on the Word of God or you anchored on Christ, you will have no regrets. And even if you have regrets, if you surrender it to God, the regrets will, will fly away. You know, bitterness, what, is, what are we anchoring on? Are we anchoring on Christ or are we are anchoring on our bitterness? Leighton just preached last Sunday evening about regrets, you know? We all have regrets. But he's saying also, he said also that we cannot undo yesterday. Yesterday is finished. We should look forward. You know, even our failures should not define us. Failures need not be fatal. We all make failures, but if you surrender your failures to God, He'll turn it into success. Okay? Uh, so, this, the song uh, Faith is the Victory, we sang it, we sang it last, this evening, right? Faith is the Victory. I would like to just read some of the verses or the lines that, that are, you know, if you look at it, it's really biblical. It says, His banner over us is love. Our sword, the word of God. Okay? We tread the road, the saints above. The faith by which we conquer death is still our shining shield. And then it says, The earth shall tremble with our, with our tread. The echo, an echo with our shout. To him that overcome the foe, with white raiment shall be given, before the angels he shall know, his name confess in heaven. Then onward from the hills of light, our hearts with love aflame, will vanquish all the host of light in Jesus' conquering name. 
There is nothing that the name of Jesus cannot conquer. You know, our failures, our frustrations, our regrets, our bitterness, if you surrender it to the Lord Jesus Christ, He will, he will completely vanish it. But the thing is, sometimes we try to, to strive with our own efforts. But, but you know, it's really in trusting and not in trying. You can try in your own efforts, but the Lord Jesus Christ says, without me, ye can do nothing. In fact, without Christ, we are nothing. It's not only that we can do nothing. We are nothing without Christ. Okay. Okay. Now, so, tonight, let me, let me just ask you some, some questions now before we uh, bring this message to a close. Uh, what is it that is keeping us from fully trusting and anchoring on Christ? What is it? What could it be? Could be sin? Could be pride? Could be, could be what? Yeah, could be, f- or, or maybe you have some, some ambitions you would like to achieve, some goals, you know. But really, if you really look at it, eh, it's only Christ, you know. Like, even if you, you try your best, you know, like not to do the sin that is really trying to pull you down, If you only surrender it to Christ, trust me, I've proven it over and over again. He can make you victorious. We are only not victorious because we try to do it on our, on our own efforts. Okay? So, um, it, says in a, see, it says in one of the songs that uh, we, we also sing here in church, it says, because his, his power is our, at our disposal. We have all the powers at our disposal. Through the power of Christ, we can you know, overcome sin, overcome our weaknesses, our bitterness, and, and all that. Uh, he says, we in, we in ourselves are nothing, you know. We make our boast, but our anchor is the Lord Jesus Christ. And in his grace and power, we can be what he wants us to be. And if you really come to think of it, like one preacher said, Christianity is all of Christ and none of us. Christianity is all of Christ and none of us. You know, the more we strive to do with our own efforts, we are just, we are just doomed to fail. But if you have, you know, you've anchored in Christ. It's a very familiar verse, you know, like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right? We can claim that, but if you don't really believe in it, it will never work. And another very familiar verse is Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet, not I, but the, li- but, but the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died, and, and died for me and gave himself for me. You see, if you really have Christ in your heart and in your life, is there anything that is more powerful than God? Than the God? Like, it's just a weakness. It's just a regrets and you know failures. Is there anything impossible for God? 
anything, nothing. Now, uh, but if we really come to think of it, let's ask ourselves, what is it that is driving us from growing and in becoming a strong Christian that we need to be? What is the main reason, do you think? What is the main reason why we do not really become a strong Christian? Yeah? Right, yeah. Yeah. We, we, we usually rely on ourselves. Like when I ask you this, you know, the reader that I, I, I asked you about. What is greater than God? More evil than the devil? The poor have it. The rich people need it. And if you eat it, you will die. And the answer is nothing. So, is there anything that can, you know, be more powerful than God? Nothing. Is there any problem too big for God to solve? Nothing. Is there any hurt or pain that God cannot heal? Nothing. So, why are we not growing into the kind of Christians that we are, we are supposed to be? We've been praying for revival. And I believe that revival can only come if each one of us would really surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ all that we have so that revival can come to this country, Ireland. I do not know about you, but while we also have missionaries from other countries go to Ireland, I don't think it's selfishness to hope that your countrymen, your own Irish people, will be revived. I don't think it's selfishness, is it? Like, I have a heart for the Philippines. I want, if it's possible, all Filipinos to get saved. So if there's anybody who will have a heart for Irish people, it should be the Irish people, right? So, we have, I, have in, I believe in church, we have every, every Wednesday, people come earlier than 7 but only very few come. But if you really want revival, I believe each one of us should really pray that God will work in each one of us because we see really the days is about to end. You know, like the second coming of Christ is almost, we can almost visualize it. It's, it's almost, we just don't know. If maybe if tonight he may come. With what's happening, you know, like all the world is getting worse and worse, isn't it? With all this chaos all around us, Syria, are we not thankful that we are not in Syria or we are not Syrians? You see? But should we wait that Ireland becomes Syria before we start you know, praying for revival for Ireland? I don't think so. Right? So, tonight, I would like to just Maybe us focus on ourselves. Let's ask God, what does he want me to do? Ask that to your own self. What can I do to bring revival to, not only to the church, but to Ireland? Because I believe that the church is praying for revival in Ireland, not for revival of the members of the church. That people will get saved. Uh, you know, the message I had for Sunday school last Sunday was about hell. And I, I told the group that, you know, if suppose was, hell was really 
real and everybody can, can be there for like 10 minutes, how many people in Ireland do you think will get saved if they can experience it for only 10 minutes? And I said, maybe 90%. One of them said, 100%. Don't you think so? That if, we, if everybody in Ireland, all countries can experience hell for just 10 minutes. But the thing is, it's not as real as our holiday destinations. So the challenge for us is not to wait for the time that we, do, we are not, no longer allowed. In, in Ireland, still a free country, right? In many countries, the Bible is, is banned. But they, you know, even in, in, in China, they, they gather pages of the Bible and put them together. But in, in Ireland, and even in the Philippines, the Bible can be printed like by the millions. But how many is reading the Bible? And how many is really doing some serious soul winning? I'm also guilty of not soul winning. And I, I would like to pray to God that, you know, that when I got saved, it's just like I would like to witness to everybody to, who, who I, whom I encounter. You know, like even in the, in the restaurants or in the park, all my co-employees, I want to witness to each of them. But through the years, that, that, that flame has dissipated. So it's my prayer tonight that maybe tonight should be the night when revival should, re, should really start in each one of us. Okay? Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Almighty God, I, I pray to you, Lord, that you will just work in each one of us, in our heart, in our spirit. Make us, make us realize, Lord, souls are dying and we should have a passion for, for soul winning. Dear God, I pray that you will just help us to remember always that without you we cannot only do nothing, but without you we are nothing. We pray, dear God, that you will just work in us, in each one of us present tonight to bring revival to this country. Dear God, I, I give to you, Lord, whatever would be the outcome of this message that you've given me. I, I know I have not delivered it the way you would want it delivered, but I pray, dear God, that you will just continue to work in our hearts and that the verses that we read will challenge us to be serious about soul winning. Give us a burden, Lord, for lost souls. May we always remember, Lord, that hell is real. That why we may not see hell just like what, how we see the fire in London that killed 79 people. The reality is people are dying and, and they need salvation, but we are focused with our own personal goals and Sometimes we are beset by sin and, and we allow sin to rule over us. Lord, have mercy on us, O oh God. This I ask and pray, O oh Lord, in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.